Well, hello, my name is Jeremy. I know some of you from, you know, I've met some of you already. Um, so, um, yeah, I've got my wife at the back. Um, I'm excited to be here today. It's a privilege to, um, it's always a privilege to preach God's word. Um, something about me, I started to, uh, I felt called that God, um, you know, had, you know, I was helping my dad in the uh, Elam Mauritian church. And, you know, he, one Sunday he said, you know, I would like you to preach. And, um, I said, like, okay. And um, so ever since then, it's just kind of, you know, I've always, God loved, I've always loved um, God's Word, and um, there's always something much to learn in God's Word. You can read a passage over and over and over again and always learn something new. So for those who are note-taking today, I felt God had uh, something for me to say to you today. Um, the title of this message that I, um, I felt God has placed on my heart is God's plan in these days that we find ourselves in. God's plan in these days that we find ourselves in. And I just want to ask a question to you today. Do you believe that God has a plan? Yes. Do you believe that in, in these days that we find ourselves in, where we, uh, who watches the news? We, 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 we turn on the news and it, it always seems like there's, there's bad news. It always seems that there's something going on on the other side of the world. Um, it always seems that there's, you know, um, you know um, hopelessness and and many people are, you know, find no hope and find no way out of the situation that they find themselves in. Um, and it's often hard to think about what, what is the plan of God? Does, does God truly have a plan uh, in this world? Does God truly have a plan for our lives? Um, you know, we sing songs about the plan of God. We, we often sing, you know, songs such as, um, you know, um, I don't know, nothing coming to mind at the moment, but we often sing songs about how God is, he's in control. Our God reigns. We often sing songs about that. And it's easy to come to church on Sunday and to sing songs about our God reigns. Um, you know, being um, leading worship for, for, a, for a while now, it's kind of easy to just go through the motions of things. And that's why it's so important that we have that intimate time with God. But, but what we must come to understand is that in the, in the midst of everything that's happening, that God has a plan. God, he has a plan. God has a plan in revealing his power. He has a plan in revealing who he is to this generation. He has a plan um, to, 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 to reveal himself to others. And um, so I just encourage you right now in this moment, turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to focus on that chapter um, specifically today. Um, just let me know when, you've, uh, when you're there. First Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll, we'll read from verse 18. First Corinthians chapter 1. You guys there? Perfect. It goes on to say, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That God's power and wisdom is revealed upon the cross of Calvary. God decided to reveal his power, his wisdom upon a wooden cross. That God had a plan from the very beginning. You know, we read the book of Genesis in Genesis chapter 3. 
and we see the fall of mankind. I'm just going to quickly just turn to Genesis chapter 3. And it's, and it's very important to understand what, what did man need redeeming of? What, what was it that we needed to be redeemed of? Um, and it goes on to say in Genesis chapter 3, verse, I'll read it from verse, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, it goes, it goes on to say, Now the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the snake said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And, evil. and sin in essence is to be as God. Sin, in essence, is to, 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 to be the God of our own lives, to do it our own way. Um, God created us to be in fellowship and communion with him. That, that, that's what the Garden of Eden represented. The Garden of Eden represented heaven on earth. Uh, it was where the presence of God dwelt. It was where goodness dwelt. It was where um, the, the, just the, the, you know, the majestic, um, you know, the majesty of God was. It was in the Garden of Eden. And, and um, man decided to, to go their own way. They decided to, to do it their own way. And, and that's, in essence, the, the, the greatest plague that this world has is, is, we have a lot of plagues, we have a lot of diseases, but the greatest plague that this world has is sin. It's called sin. Sin, it separates us from God. We have to understand that God is a holy God, and he's a good God, and he's a merciful God, he's a just God, but, and, and, and because God is holy, because God is holy, but God has always had it in mind to redeem mankind to himself. That's the amazing God that we serve, that he, he, he longs to bring mankind to himself. He longs to restore humanity unto himself. And, from, and that's what the Bible is about from Genesis chapter 3. Yes, we see the down spiraling of mankind. We see Cain and Abel, and Cain, you know, out of jealousy kills his brother Abel. And we, we see the, the, you know, the, um, the flood, and, and we see all these these you know, this wickedness and evil that happens in the world, but God has always had it in mind to redeem mankind to himself. And that's good news. This is good news. Why we gather today is because of that. It's because God has redeemed us. And how would God go about restoring a fallen humanity? We've come to know that through Jesus Christ, a man born of a virgin who lived a life that we couldn't live, a sinless life, a perfect life, um, and, and he lived and he fulfilled the law. He lived the life that, that we couldn't live. And that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but what have everlasting life. And so we, we and so, and that's why Paul, he talks about that cross of Calvary. He talks about the cross of Calvary where Jesus Christ died. And he reveals and he shows that this is the power and the wisdom of God revealed. That God is wisdom is revealed and his power is revealed upon the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's why throughout the whole of that chapter, the whole of that chapter, I'm just going to place my Bible here, sorry about that. Um, throughout the whole of that chapter, he, um, he labors and he spends time talking about the, 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 the wonderful cross, the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And it's important to preach the cross of Jesus Christ. 
It's important to preach the cross of Jesus Christ. And as believers, we look onto the cross of Jesus Christ. We look at the power of God revealed, where our sin was dealt with, and eternal judgment removed from us. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful. I think of what Paul says in Colossians chapter I believe it's Colossians chapter uh, 2 where he goes on to say, uh, when we were dead in sins and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, God made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in our sins, even when we were dead in sins, God made us alive in Christ. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us and having taken it away, he nailed it to what? To the cross. It's the cross of Jesus Christ, where we look at the cross of Jesus and we see victory. We see victory when we look upon the cross of Jesus Christ. We see salvation. We see reconciliation, which just means to be redeemed. We see, we see um, now we've, we've come to be at peace with God. We've received healing. That doesn't just mean physical healing, but spiritual healing. We've received freedom in Jesus Christ. There is freedom in Jesus Christ. There is truly freedom in Jesus Christ. And we, have been, we who are far off have been brought near. And that is the power of God revealed. That is the power of God revealed upon the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we're just going to unpack that passage in verse 18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Why is the cross of Jesus Christ foolishness to those who are perishing? Why is the cross of Jesus Christ foolishness to those who are perishing? It, it, and I believe that it's foolish because man, in man's wisdom, man could have never come up with how God would be able to redeem mankind unto himself. Man, it, you could have given us eternity, but we would have never thought of how God would go about redeeming mankind unto himself. The cross of Jesus Christ seems foolishness because it's, it's something that seems weak. It's something that seems frail. It's something that seems, it seems foolish. And those who, especially those, as Paul is writing this to the, to the Corinthians, it, you know, the, the, cross of, the, the cross was still being used by the Roman Empire, still in that day, to judge those who were criminals and those who, you know, you know committed various acts. And so when people, they thought of the cross and they thought of those things, they thought of a shameful cross, they just thought, that's weak. They think, oh, really, would, would, would God come down? Would, what type of God would come down and, 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 and you know, would die upon a cross? What, what type of God would come down and shed his blood for us? It seems weak. It seems foolish. But also, a lot of people do not, are not able to enter in because of pride. Because of pride. And um, they perish because they will not humble themselves that they need saving. That this is the plan of God. That God would die. He would die for, for our sin. He would die for our iniquities. He would die for our shame and give his body and shed his blood so that we could be right before God. That, that's truly amazing. And we have to remind ourselves of this daily about the cross of Jesus Christ and, and, and what he has done for us. That, 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 and, and renew that that. that, that joy that love when we think about the cross of Jesus Christ you know we sing songs about it but but every day to just God I, I thank you for the cross 
I thank you, God. We, we sang about it today. I thank you, God, for what you have done for me upon the cross. No one else could do it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we've all fallen short of God's glory. No one is righteous. No, not one. None of us are righteous. It's not about our good deeds. It's not about what we can do. It's not about what we could offer. And this is what I love about Christianity and why Christianity is different from all the others, from all the other religion. Because the other religion is, is, is to do with, with traditions, it's to do with rituals, it's to do with, with you know, following a, 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 you know, a set of rules. But in Christianity, it's, 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 it's more than that, it's, it's relationship. And God, He truly comes in and He changes uh, your life, He changes you from the inside out. Understand that as believers, we look foolish to those who do not believe. And that's what was happening to the Corinthians. That was, that's what was happening to those who believed. The first, the, the, the first century church, they looked foolish. I think about even Corinth. Uh, 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 it, was a, it was a city, uh, it was filled with pagan worship, idol worship. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, uh, of, of things that were going on in that city. And... Anything that was contrast to what these guys were bringing and to what these guys were, were, you know, were, were believing in seemed foolish. And here, the, there are, there's, here are these people who, you know, who are this Jesus movement who believe in Jesus. You know, Paul planted this, this church in, 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 in Corinth and here they are in, and there's a new movement. And they're coming in to, 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 to proclaim and to declare a man named Jesus Christ. We look foolish to believe in the gospel. Even sometimes when we gather in church on Sundays, it seems foolish. It seems foolish when we uh, have prayer meetings. It seems foolish to those who do not believe. But God has a way of using things that seem foolish. God has a way of using the things that seem weak, the things that seem frail, just like the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ seems frail, it seems weak, it seems, it seems almost, you know, uh, broken. But we who come to believe, we have received salvation for believing in Jesus Christ. We've, we've, we've come to receive uh, the power of God. And, 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 and this is what was happening. Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ seems foolishness. And now those who are believing this domino effect, those who are believing in Jesus seem foolish. It seems foolish. We who were far off have been brought near. We who were alienated from God have been reconciled. You see, God has a way of using things that seem foolish and weak to people to reveal his power. And that is why many can't seem to enter in because they're too prideful. I think about pride and I think about humility. The Bible says in the book of James, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. And the, the, all throughout, even the Proverbs, Solomon talks about pride and he talks about humility. And he talks about how pride will, will, will you know, get you only to a certain place and humility will take you so far. And, and, and for us, who, and what, what I mean by humility, what I mean by that is, is we understand that we can't do it in our own strength. We understand that we can't do it in our own power. Uh, we understand that we need saving. We understand that we, we in our own strength, we, we're not good enough. In our own power, we're not good enough. Uh, we can't do it. Even to live this Christian life, you cannot do it in your own strength. 
You cannot live a life that is set apart in your own strength. The Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. And we have the Spirit of God at work within us that aids us, that helps us to do that which we cannot do in our own strength. I just want to remind you again that God has a way of using things that seem foolish and weak to people to reveal His power. And so if you continue in the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, we'll read in the same chapter, we'll read from 26 to 29. I just want to focus on that. I want to focus on that passage, you know, that, that, that God has a way of using things that seem foolish. God has a way of using uh, the, the, the little things. God has a way of using the things that seem, you know, that seem, uh, you know, far off. God has a way of using these things. And if we read verse 26, it says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. You see, Paul is writing to, to, to the believers in Corinth who have come to believe in Jesus Christ, which was and still is a foolish concept in that time and to us today. And Paul says, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. And in this moment, let's just be interactive. Just, just, just take a few seconds and think about the type of people that you were before you were called. Yeah. Look at your lives now in Jesus Christ. And maybe you might think you're not where you want to be. But you can say to yourself, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I, 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 you know, I'm not where I used to be. And for me, for myself, at the age of 19, when... I mean, I, I got baptized at the age of 13. I gave my life to Jesus Christ at the age of 13. Um, but obviously, I kind of started, you know, you know with school and, and, all, and the peer pressure, and I started to fall into the peer pressure. And at the age of 18, I went to uni, and I was running after things that, that were getting me nowhere. Um, and, um, and at the age of 19, you know, it kind of left me in a, in, a, in a rut. You know, I'm reminded of what Jesus says. He goes on to say that I am the living water. And I think about that, that, that Jesus is the living water. Only he can satisfy the inward first of your soul. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Only Jesus Christ can fill the void in that heart, that, that void that you may have. And only Jesus Christ can fill that void. And that's what happened to me at the age of 19. And it was, a, it was a radical change. God touched my life. Um, and the, 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 the day I, I, I rededicated my life to Christ, the next day I, I woke up, God is my witness. I was never the same again. Never the same again. And there were certain things that were happening in my life that others had noticed that I didn't even notice. I, I used to have a really bad, filthy mouth. I, every sentence... Every sentence, every word. And my friends started noticing and they said, 
Jeremy, how, your language has changed. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. Um, there was just this inward change that was happening. Jesus says, I am the living water. Only he can satisfy the inward first of the soul. And then I think about, and, and so from then on, ever since then, I've just desired to go deeper in God. I, I, I can't get enough of his word. I want more of his word. I want more of him in my life. Going deeper in God, because there's always, there's always more that you can learn. There's always, you, you can always go deeper in the things of God. So yeah, you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And that's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Paul, Paul goes on to talk, even a man who wrote a third of the New Testament, Philippians is coming close to the end of his, his life. Um, he's coming to the, to the end of his life, close to the end of his life. And, he, and, in, and, and they say, you know, uh, scholars have said Philippians and I believe Second Timothy were, were his uh, two last epistles. Um, and he's coming close to the end of his life. And yet Paul goes on to say in chapter 3, what is he going to say? I consider everything that I have, everything that I've gained in my own strength, everything I consider garbage for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fullness of Jesus Christ. This is a man who had written a third of the New Testament. Can you imagine? He'd written a third of the New Testament and he still wants more. He still wants to go deeper. He still, he, and then he goes, forgetting the former things. I press on to the goal to which Christ Jesus called me heaven. I press on. I press on. And Paul goes on to say, not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. And, and, and when, when um, the leaders of the church would have been reading this in Corinth, they would have been gathered and they would have read the epistle of Paul while everyone was there. And it's almost like Paul is saying to them, look amongst yourself, brothers and sisters. Look amongst yourself. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were noble. But in this moment, look amongst yourself. Just look amongst yourself, brothers and sisters. Just, just yeah, just, just do it. <laughs> Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you of noble birth. And Paul was not saying this to the believers in Corinth to put them down. He wasn't saying to them, oh, you're, you're good for nothing. He wasn't saying that. That's not what he was saying here. But he wants to emphasize that God can use anyone that he wants to. God can truly use anyone that he wants to. Listen to what he says in verse 27. It's one of my favorite um, Bible passages. It goes on to say, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things, the despised things, the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Do you want to know what the plan of God is for these days that we find ourselves in. Can I encourage you? You are the plan of God. You are the plan of God to reveal the power of God upon this world. You are the plan of God to shine his light. You are the plan of God to reveal who God is upon this world. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world, a town on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine amongst men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You have been called to reveal who God is upon the earth. 
You, you, you carry the, 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 the gospel message. You carry the, 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 me, the, the, the message that can change someone. You carry the message that can impact someone's life. And this is what Paul was saying to them today. You are the plan of God. And when Paul uses the word foolish to describe the believers in Corinth, he's, he's not, again, he's not calling them foolish. He's not saying, you, you know, you, you're foolish. He's not implying that they're, they're foolish. But to the world, they seem foolish. To the world, we seem foolish. We seem foolish. And that's what he's saying there. And what he's saying is that God is not looking for people who have everything sorted together. God is not looking for people who are strong in their own might. God is not looking for people who, who are righteous in their own eyes. God is not looking for people who, who, who believe that they can do this on their own. But that God uses the weak. God uses the frail things, the despised things that others may overlook to reveal his power. You know, God is not afraid of our weaknesses. You know that. You know, I often think about I often think about Jesus Christ and I think about his life and I think about, you know, him being born of a virgin. You know, Jesus didn't have to come down as a baby. He didn't. He's, he's God. <laughs> he, he spoke the, the universe into being. He, he spoke and said, let there be light and there was light. Um, him and, and him and the Father and, uh, and, 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 and the Spirit were, were in communion in, in, in the beginning. He didn't, he didn't have to come down. He could have come. But no, God decided to, to, to God the Father decided to, to, to come down. Jesus decided to come down in a form of a baby. When you think of a, a, of a baby, a baby is, is you know, you know they, they, they need to, you know, to be fed. They need to be, can you imagine the Son of God? <laughs> the Son of God. The Son of God needed to be fed. And, and, and could it be that that's revealing that God is not afraid of our weaknesses. God is not afraid of, 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 of the mistakes that we've made. God is not afraid of, of our frailty. You know, I'm a frail man. God is not afraid of our frailty. But God, he, he uses the weak. He uses the frail. He uses the, the despised things to nullify the things that are, to reveal his power, to reveal his power upon the earth. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God chooses uh, you and I? Uh, David says, who am I that you are mindful of me, O God? A human beings that you care for us. Isn't that amazing? And all throughout history, God has used the weak, the frail things of the world to reveal his power so that he alone gets the glory. That when God, he uses a weak individual, a frail individual, it's all throughout the Bible. That individual can never rise up and say, oh, I did this in my own strength. Oh, I did this in my own power. I'm, I'm a mighty man. No, it's, 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 it's never the case. God, he, he, uses, he uses the weak. When, when Paul was struggling, he had that fawn in his flesh. And he said, and he cried out three times, God, remove that fawn from my flesh. That, you know, that, that fawn could have been anything. Scholars to this day. But, um, but God spoke and God said, you know, my, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. That when you are weak, it is then I'm strong. You see, there comes to a moment where when you understand that you're weak, 
It's in those moments now you stop relying upon your own strength. It's in those moments where you understand that you are, you're weak and you, you, you reach the end of yourself. You reach the end of yourself and you understand that you can't do this on your own anymore. And it's in those moments where people in desperation begin to cry out to God. And it's in those moments God, He begins to work and He begins to move. You see, I understand that when we, when we get to that place, it's in, it's, in, it's in those moments where we're shaped better. It's e easier to be shaped. It's easier to be, to be formed. It's in, it's in those moments. God wants to use you in these days that we find ourselves in. God wants to use you in your workplaces. God wants to use you in the communities that you are in. God wants to use you. Uh, he wants to use you. He, he truly does want to use you. Maybe you find yourself weak. Maybe you find yourself frail. Maybe you find yourself empty. Maybe you find yourself far off this morning. Maybe, maybe you're addicted today. Maybe, maybe you have made a lot of excuses for why God can't use you. You made just multiple excuses for why God can't use you. I, I know a lot of Bible stories where many have made excuses upon excuses for why God cannot use them. And maybe today you've, you've made excuses you say, God, you can't use me. You, you, you can't do this in my life. Maybe God has opened the door for you and, and, you, and you're looking at the door and instead of walking through the door by faith, you're making excuses for why God can't use you. Can I just encourage you that when God opens a door and God makes a way, walk through the open door. Walk through the door that God has you to walk in. Walk through it. You don't understand the impact that you could have if only you would walk through it, if only you would, you would take a stand, if only you would take it by faith. And so and today I just encourage you to rise. Rise in the name of Jesus. Rise up in the name of the Lord to be able to say, God, I choose to go with you today. God, I choose to follow you today. God, God I have little strength. I have little strength, God. But I'm going to walk through the door that you have me to walk through. I, 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 I may be weak, oh God, but, but I understand, Lord God, you're not afraid of my weaknesses. I understand, Lord God, you're not afraid of my frailty. And when God, he opens that door, just walk through it. And I've come to this point in my life, I'm saying, God, I want to be a voice in this generation. I want to be a voice. I, I think about this, I think about even the generation that I'm in. You know, it's an epidemic now with suicides among young people. And I'm saying, God, I, I want to be a voice, God. I, I, I want to be a voice. I want to be, not, not just a voice, but I want to be a testimony upon the earth. I want, I want to reveal who you are, Lord. I want to reveal your power. I want to reveal who you are. And that was what the, the early church was. You read all throughout the book of Acts. They didn't have some fancy message. They just went about saying, preaching the gospel and saying, in, in essence, this is what it was. God did this for me, and if he did it for me, he could do it for you. In essence, that's what it was. It's as simple as that. Sometimes we can become so intellectual. Sometimes we, we can be, you know, we, 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 you know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. And sometimes we, we're so, and we, we, you know, and we can use all this. And maybe you may think, oh, I don't know much Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't have, you know, an arsenal of Bible verses in my head. But God can just use you. Use you if you will just be a willing vessel and say, God, I, I choose to go with you. I choose to follow you. And I want to encourage you today to choose to go with God. 
to be a voice, to be a testimony upon the earth, to touch the lives of others. I'm coming close to the end. I just want to prove this point to you, that God throughout history has always used the weak things. God throughout history has always used the things that seem frail. Um, and you don't, you don't have to know, you know, you don't have to know the whole Bible for this, but I'm just going to give you certain Bible stories um, where God has used the, the weak things, the things that seemed a bit frail. I think of Abraham. God calls Abraham. He doesn't call Abraham when he was young. He called Abraham in, 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 in his late age. He, he's, he's around the age of 70, and God promises to him that he would have a son. And he didn't have a son until he was actually 90, uh, 100 years old. And you think about that, and God promised him something. And, and he, he seemed frail. Moses seemed frail. Can you imagine? God, why did God not call Moses when he was young? You know, he, God needed to fashion him. God needed to work something in his life because he had just killed a man out of anger. When you read the book of Exodus, he'd killed a man out, out of anger. And God takes him into the wilderness. And God fashions him. God shapes him. God molds him. And, and, and God doesn't call Moses at, at the age of 40. God calls Moses at the age of 80. And he's supposed to be th this powerhouse that's supposed to go in front of Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Can you imagine an 80-year-old man? <laughs> and yet God uses this, this, this man who may seem weak. Do you know the reason why I believe Pharaoh never killed Moses? It's because he probably looked at this old, this this man that was, you know, much older than him, and just thinking to himself, well, you know, this is this is an elderly man. I, I don't have to, you know what I mean? And he just looked at this man and just probably thought, oh, what can he do? <laughs> you know, we think of, of of Esther. Esther was, you know, back then even ladies were not even able to, you know, they didn't have the rights that you know that women have nowadays, and yet to go and march to the king's palace and to be able to say you know there's a madman who's trying to eradicate the, the the jewish people you need to do something about this god elevated her god used her mordecai there was thank thank goodness there was a man named mordecai her cousin that spoke good into her life and told her if you don't rise up today a whole generation can die if you don't rise up then god will raise someone else and Esther said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to put aside all the barriers. I'm going to put aside all the, 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 um, the, the, the standards that they have placed. And I'm going to I'm gonna press into what God can do through my life. I think of Gideon. Gideon was a weak man. Gideon was a weak man. He says, I'm the weakest in my clan. You read the book of Judges. He says, I'm the weakest. I'm the weakest in my clan. And yet... You know, because the Israelites had turned away from God. And um, for seven years, the Midianites, they were, they were enslaving the, the Jewish people. God doesn't raise up a warrior. God raises up the weakest man, in, not just in his clan, but the weakest in Israel. And I think about that all throughout history. And then we think the New Testament. God could have used the intellects. God could have, uh, for, for the 12 disciples, I mean, God could have used anyone else than fishermen. And God decided to use these people. When you read the book of Acts chapter 2, what did they say when Peter started preaching? They said, here is, an, here is an, you know, a common man, a common man 
who's preaching the gospel amongst those who are religious and those who are highly esteemed in their own eyes. And as he's preaching the gospel, what happens? They say the word of God is piercing our hearts. What must we do to be saved? See, God used, God used you know, the, 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 the weak things, the frail things to reveal his power. And in these days, God, he wants to use you. God, he wants to use you. He wants to, he, he wants to use you in this time. That You are the plan of God in this time that we're living in. And so in this, in this moment, I just encourage you to rise. I encourage you to be strengthened in Jesus Christ, to, to call upon his name. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord. He will give you strength. Call upon the name of the Lord. Quit making excuses for why God can't use you. <laughs> but just begin to look onto God and, and, and say, God, if you can use these people, you can use me. You might not have, you know, the same exact story as some of these Bible guys that we've read. But God, in his own way, he will, he will use you. He will use the, 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 that which you have that others do not have. Do you understand that you, you, you can reach other people that others cannot reach? You can reach people that other people cannot reach. And that's what God is calling us to today. And so in this moment, I don't know how you want me to end this. Uh, Kev, did you want to? I'll pray, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord God, for the gospel. We thank you, Lord God, for the cross. We thank you, Lord God, for the message of the cross. That the message of the cross, or oh God, yet yeah, it may be foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And we thank you, Lord God, that, 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 that Paul was making a contrast, or oh God, with, with the message of the cross and with the people, Lord God, and he was saying to them, understand that the cross seemed foolish. Yes, the cross seemed foolish. And you will also seem foolish, but that God, he uses the foolish and uh, the things that seem foolish, the weak things of the world to shame the wise. And Lord God, I just pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in this place, Lord God. And I pray for myself. God, I pray that you would help us to rise up, oh God, not in our own strength, not in our own power, Lord God, but that we would rise up in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Oh God, that you would give us the strength to do that which we're not able to do in our own strength. Oh God, that you would help us to live out this life, oh God, for your glory. And, and understand, Lord God, that, that, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by your spirit. And I pray, Lord God, that you would remind us every day. Remind us every day, oh God, that we cannot do this in our own strength. Remind us every day, Lord God, to partner with you to decide to go with you, to decide to follow you, to decide to walk, oh God, that in which path that it is that you have for us, oh God. Help us, oh God, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Give us the strength, oh God. Give us the strength to, to, to make an impact, oh God, in these days. Give us, give us, Lord God, the ability, oh God, that we do not have, oh God, in our own strength. Oh God, we are calling upon your name, oh God. 
We are calling upon your name. Yes, oh God, we may be weak, oh God. Yes, oh God, we may have failed multiple times this week, oh God. But we are coming before you today, oh God. And we're calling upon your name, oh God. And we're saying, oh God, if you can use me. God, if you can use me, oh God, here I am. God, if you can use us, oh God, here we are, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.